and welcome to Pandemic Mama, the podcast that brings you honest conversations about having a baby during COVID-19 times. I'm Irina Gonzalez, a journalist, new mom, and your host. This is episode nine, and today I'm talking with Jackie Hathaway-Levin about setting boundaries as a new mom. She is a stay-at-home mom and writer based in Orlando. We'll get into how she found comfort with fellow sober moms, all of that new mom and pandemic guilt, and how this time has brought her and her husband closer together. So stay tuned after the break. But first, if you want to connect with fellow parents going through the craziness of having a baby in 2020 and into 2021, please join the Pandemic Mama Podcast Facebook group by searching for Pandemic Mama Podcast or heading to facebook.com slash groups slash Pandemic Mama Pod. Thanks! with Jackie Hathaway-Levin, and she is a stay-at-home mom and a writer. Thank you for being here, Jackie. Hi, Irina. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to have you. Um, So the question that I like to start everyone off with is, where were you in your pregnancy journey when the pandemic hit on March 11th? I was about four months pregnant, and and we had just moved into uh, our second house in Orlando. And I remember I was supposed to visit my grandparents that weekend. And then um, Michael's show was supposed to open. There were a lot of things that were supposed to happen that weekend that just, just didn't. It was, it was, it was really a, like, like everybody, I guess it was just, everything came to a halt. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely remember that. I was supposed to have my uh, early birthday party that weekend. So I feel you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So did it come as a big shock? Like how did you guys react um, considering that you were still, you know, not even halfway through your pregnancy. Well, my mom called me and she was like, I don't think you should go to this. Um, the, Cause um, Michael's show was going to open. And she was like, I don't think you should be around all these people. I've read doing a lot of reading and I, I just don't think it's a good idea. And I just, I guess it, it wasn't totally real to me yet. So I was like, I think I'll be fine. And then it's amazing how it just went from zero to 60. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. no, this is real. And especially for pregnant women, it just, you know, I don't even know what this means, what this looks like. And at that point we didn't know if it was, um, what, do, what do you call it? Drop surface, you know, or airborne. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so at that point, you know, you, you think you could get it from anything. Like, I still kind of feel like that. But, you know, at that time, it was, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't know if it would affect my baby. It was, you know. Yeah, there, there was just a lot of lack of information, I think, um, yeah. for all of us, for sure. So how did, um, how did your doctor's appointments go from that point on? Were there a lot of precautions taken? Were you able even to go to the doctor, actually? Yes, I was still able to go to the doctor. I had to go alone. And um, I just remember being really scared. I was super scared. I had my mask on. And I just, I remember feeling like the staff wasn't taking it seriously enough, in my opinion. I really love my mm-hmm. doctor's office. But I I felt like nobody, they weren't wearing masks all the time. And it just um, made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I just, it just, it was kind of hard. I remember it just being super scary. It wasn't the experience I wanted, you know? I've, I mean, I think we all felt like that, but it, it just was, um, I don't know. You, and you, it's a lot of information to take in too, when you have to go to these appointments by yourself. And I'm a, I'm a first time mom. So it was, you know, it was a lot of information to take in. I feel like by myself and I, I just, um, you know, I went to my partner there. So I don't, I don't know if, if, the, if anybody knows what to do, but I just felt like, I don't know. <laughs> it was shocking. Yeah. Yeah. You still sound a little shocked actually. 
Yeah. How it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, processing everything. I think I haven't really talked about that since, since it happened. Yeah. Yeah. That must've been, that must be really hard. I mean, to not be able to fully process, which I'm sure a lot of us are feeling too. Definitely. I think when, um, as the pregnancy progressed, it, you know, they, they stopped my, we moved here from, uh, we were touring with a show around the world and then we moved to Orlando in November and I was pregnant. So we left Australia we left Australia. I was pregnant and then we moved to the stationary life in Orlando to a new show that would be stationary. And then we've done all this work for the show. And it was like a lot of different things happened at once. So we went from this nomadic life to stationary life to pandemic life. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was just a lot of firsts and a lot of things happening at once. And um, my mom was taking care of my grandparents in Gainesville, Florida. So it was like, she was super isolated because they're, um, you know, vulnerable. And so it, she had this plan that she was going to stay isolated the whole time until I had the baby so that she could come help out. Mm-hmm. And that, that was really cool because I, you know, so she stayed isolated because she needed to with them and then she could come help us, which was a, a really big deal. Yeah. That's, that's great that you had that. So did that end up working out? Yeah, it did. She, um, so she came and, um, Towards the end, it, my, Noah was born on July fifteenth, so she was here and she just stayed with us. And um, and and then when I went to the hospital, she was going to be here to um, for a couple weeks. But we had an induction scheduled, and they kept postponing it. So we'd call the hospital. They, they we got a phone call that said, "Oh, we can't have the induction yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, triage is full." And then they said, call back in the morning. And then I called back in the morning and then they said, okay, call back at night. And it was like, they just kept waiting and waiting. It was like that for, I think four days of, of waiting. And then we finally got to the hospital at eight thirty AM. They said, come in, it's time to come in. And then we, we didn't get into labor and delivery until, uh, until midnight and we got there at eight thirty AM and, it and then we came to find out late, find out later on that it was because, uh, of a lot of nurses had been furloughed because of the pandemic mm-hmm. and it just, they were just short staffed. So, you know, it, and as a first time mom, it, I just, I think, you know, it, the whole thing was just really overwhelming. I think that I went to my breaking point when we were, had this room in triage and I just felt like it just was too much. And at that point they go, okay, well we have a room in labor and delivery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, so I think, you know, they, they were sympathetic. I'm sure. But wow, that's so crazy. I can't believe they kept you waiting for so long. Um, even just like with the whole induction process. Can I ask why um, you were going to have an induction in the first place? They were worried about the size of the baby. Uh, he, mm. he was really big and they just, they were just really worried about that. So that's what my doctor said. It ended up being, he, you know, he was a really big baby. I think he was like, you know, nine, one. Wow. And yeah, so, you know, I, everything went smoothly once we got there, but there just was so much pandemic anxiety and then the buildup to getting there. It just, you know, it was a lot as we all know. And it, but it, you know, it was really helpful is that I, um, I, I do have a program of recovery. And so it was important for me 
to have these Zoom meetings. I started going to AA Zoom meetings like right when the pandemic happened. So we're isolated, but then all of a sudden I have this connection to a group of people that I really care about. And um, I met a friend on Instagram who uh, she was like, you know, you should come to come to this women's meeting. It's really great. And so there happens to be a woman who's they're both my age and they both gave birth a week before me and a week after me. And wow. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. That, that is, that is shockingly like amazing really. Yeah. And we, uh, so we, and they are all in Kansas city, which is really wild. So that's my regular group. I love it so much. And it's pretty cool because we, we have our own little group text. And so through everything I've actually found community, which is hard, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's hard here as isolated as everything has been, you know, I'm really grateful for the AA community and my sober community online. It's, it's pretty Mm -hmm. important to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a fellow sober mom and a new mom as well, I can definitely (laughs) relate. Um, Those connections are just so important and also really hard. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing that I keep hearing that we're all kind of struggling with right now is, is, you know, not having the village that we're promised when we first get pregnant, you know, of like parents and family coming over, you know, and our siblings and friends and all of that helping to take care of us. And, you know, you were lucky enough to have your mom there, but I'm sure that you would have wanted to see more people if you could. Right. Of course, of course. And, my home base is actually Atlanta. That's where I'm from, from, and it, you know, it's not that far away, but you know, everything feels far away now. Mm -hmm. It is, it is hard. It's, and I think we've had to grieve all the experiences, like the pregnancy experiences. I never expected to be alone. My whole pregnancy alone in the sense of like, you don't get to waltz around town with your belly and expand, you know, and have, have the pregnancy you imagined. And I mean, everyone was like, are you going to do a zoom baby shower? And mm. I, I was kind of exhausted mentally at that point. And I, we just did a registry and friends and family sent gifts and it was really sweet. I don't know mm. why I just didn't want to do a zoom baby shower. It felt like mm. a lot for me. I don't know why, but you know, it was sad. I think it felt sad, you know, not, not for other people. That's fine. But I just think for me, it just at the time, it, it lots of emotions, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of grieving that we've had to go through this year and a lot that we've missed out on because of all of this. And I think, um, you know, I know some moms that have done zoom baby showers. I definitely know plenty that haven't. Um, and it's, it's really tough because there's all these decisions we're making and, you know, what feels safe and what doesn't, and then, you know, what's fun. And, and I think for some people, it's just, it's just not, not super fun to have a zoom baby shower. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm on zoom all the time. It, it, I, there's no reason why it wouldn't have been fine. It just, at the time it felt like, I felt like a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I bet you were also, well, not that you put words in your mouth, of course, but I bet there was also a lot of like, just, worrying right and like planning that you're doing yeah just having to plan one more thing sometimes is exhausting yes yes that's exactly how it felt because you know I think there's a lot of questions with like you know is my mom supposed to throw this party it's right whoever would normally throw a baby shower it's like I you know I don't and she there's just a lot of details with that and the grieving I'm still I think experiencing that I think you know, I think 
I read a piece you wrote recently about the Halloween oh, and yeah. that, ex- that experience I completely get that you have these ideas of what it's going to be like. And it just, you know, it's your first baby, my first baby. It's, it's different. Everything's different, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and the, with the holidays coming up, it's like, we're still taking the, the pandemics very seriously in the sense mm-hmm. of, you know, we don't, we don't go out unless we wear masks and it's only really for necessities. My, uh, mm-hmm. the show has been on uh, delay. So just like Broadway, everything here, you know, everything is, is, is entertainment's really struggling right now. So my husband has a different day job now and he goes out, but that's pretty much it. And he's pretty isolated when he's out and he wears a mask and it's, um, and I go out maybe for groceries, but it's not like I just go out for, for any reason, you know? Yeah. I definitely think that's a lot of us. Um, can you talk really briefly about his show just so that, you know, listeners have a little bit of a background? Yeah. So, um, it's a Cirque du Soleil and a Disney collaboration. It's called drawn to life. Our other show we were on was a Cirque du Soleil show called Curios, and it was a big top traveling show. But this one, like I said, is stationary, and that's why it's important because um, it'll be at Disney Springs. And it's um, the the Cirque du Soleil is really hopeful about this show because it's uh, I think because it is paired with Disney. But other than that, you know, the company has had to had to let go of a lot of employees uh, and we were just, we feel really fortunate to be on this show that, you know, it's been a hard year, stressful year for everybody. You know, I mean, um, I think we're really fortunate that we've been able to keep our heads above water, but it's, uh, it wasn't the plan (laughs) for sure. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you went from this, you know, traveling life and I don't know if you were like, planning to, you know, have a baby and kind of settle a little bit, but definitely a lot of changes for you. Yeah. And like, I mean, it, you said you moved there to Orlando in November, right? So it's only been a year for you. Yeah. It's, it's only been a year. And the, and I think that's mentally, you know, I was like ready to have, we have the baby. We're going to be calming down, <laughs> you know, and just settling in. And it just, it hasn't been that way, but it's also made us really resilient. And as a couple, I think, we've had a lot of time that when I was pregnant, we had a lot of time that we wouldn't have normally had mm-hmm. together, which was really great. And, you know, we are a team. It's, it's, um, it's brought us close to closer together. What did bring you closer together when you were pregnant in particular? Do you, do you remember any like moments or things that you did? Obviously you weren't going out, but we would go on like in our neighborhood, we would go on power walks together, which is something which is so bizarre. We'd never would do. I don't know. Like, but just, just, it was something we would do uh, when I was pregnant and we had our just daily routine together and he would cook me dinner all the time. And it just, it just was kind of quiet, you know, this is before he got the different day job. So it kind of felt like we were teenagers in a lot of ways, <laughs> you know, just like didn't really have a lot going on. It just was just some dead space to, to enjoy, you know, even though everything was pretty crazy, it was still, it was nice to have mm-hmm. that time. It was a positive spin. I think all, I mean, I'm going to speak for all pandemic moms, but having a baby during this time is stressful, but it's the best thing that could come out of this year, you know? Yeah. It's really one of the best things for sure. And I think on a personal level for a lot of us, it is, it is the good thing, right. To come out of it. Yeah. 
So nothing has really gone according to plan, but in that I feel like we just got good at acceptance. I think we just got really good at accepting, okay, well, this is, this is not going the way at all. Like we thought it was and that's okay, but it, it's not easy. You know, I, I just remember being at, I mean, there were just, there's just stages of acceptance. I think it, whether you're pregnant or not, but especially, you know, there's just this extra layer of, I have to take, how am I going to take care of this baby? And this, mm-hmm. I'm responsible, you know, if anything happens, I mean, even being at the hospital before I got my COVID test, there's no way I could have it, but still there's that, that feeling of maybe I do, maybe I don't, you know, what's going to happen. Are they, if I have it, then um, at our hospital, it was, if I had it, then um, Michael would have to take the baby and, um, and then he would get tested too, but I, I, I didn't test positive, but still, you know, just on top of everything else. And it, it was shocking how, how overcrowded our hospital was because they, they were understaffed. And that made right. me, you know, I felt bad for the, the nurses once we found out this information, because we were frustrated that we weren't getting into the, they weren't getting into labor and delivery when we had this scheduled appointment. And then when we found that information out later, it just was like, you know, these nurses are working so hard. <laughs> you know, that's how it felt. Mm-hmm. Did you find your nurses like really compassionate or did they, did, did it really just feel like they were overworked and it was tough? I think I got a little of both. Mm-hmm. I got a little of both. Um, and, you know, that could just be somebody on their weekly schedule. Maybe mm-hmm. some, maybe somebody's coming off the end of one. I felt like we had one nurse that was, I think she was a little overworked and, Mm. you know, I think that just, that's just was our experience. You know, some, I think sometimes people forget this is our first time doing it, you know, (laughs) but other than that, everyone was really sweet. And I think they understand like that this is not, these are not normal circumstances. Mm. So I uh, had a vaginal birth and it went well, but then I, I ended up losing a lot of blood. I ended up losing, I think half my, half my blood in my body. And wow. yeah. And I remember she, um, the midwife that delivered the baby said, she said, you're going to need a blood transfusion. And I said, well, I really don't like that. <laughs> She's like, well, you're a mom. So you're going to just, you have to accept it. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and she was like, get used to it. And it was kind of tough love, but it also was like, all right, okay. And it ended up being that I didn't need one, but I had to stay longer in the hospital for that. Mm-hmm. I think it was scary. I think it just scared, scared my husband. It scared, scared me a little bit. Cause you know, on top of everything else, if something happens to you and you can't take care of the baby, that's always hard. And I, you know, I've heard stories of these things and I feel lucky that that everything did go so well. That's the, that's the only thing that went wrong. Overall, I think it went really well. That happened, but I think considering it, it went well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but that's still scary. Um, how many days did you end up having to stay in the hospital? We stayed in the hospital three days mm-hmm. and um, my numbers were up. So they, uh, they let me go. But I remember they tested my blood pressure when I, every time I sat up after when I was still in labor and delivery, every time I sat up, I would get really nauseous and I would just vomit everywhere. And so I had to, then I would lay down and then 
then they'd stand me up and they'd check my blood pressure at each stage. And I guess when I was standing up, it, my blood pressure was so low, it wasn't on the, it wasn't reading. It was, yeah. that's, yeah, that's how low it was. So they just, they were just concerned about that. And, mm-hmm. but it, the numbers got back up and everything. So it was okay. I had to take iron for a while afterwards. Yeah. yeah right. they, they said it could take up to six months to get my blood count back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. I actually dealt with low iron right before giving birth. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and I had to have like transfusions and stuff, and it was just uh, really hectic because it was it was right when the pandemic had started. Because I gave birth like three weeks, I think, into the pandemic, and like the la- literally like the two weeks before I gave birth, I was like having to go into you know into my hematologist's office and and get iron infusions, you know, wearing wow. a mask and the whole thing, and I was just like, oh mm-hmm. my god so unpleasant and stressful <laughs> on top of everything else. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Yeah. Cause at that point it's, it's, it's good that they're giving you time. Um, I guess my iron was so low that they were like, yeah, you just need infusions. Like, you know, I couldn't just take a pill and stuff. So. Wow. And they caught that beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like we're all, we're all having different ordeals, right. As all of this mm-hmm. is happening. Um, I almost like wonder, how much of this is like even impacted by stress, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I feel like I, I mean, what is it that they, they don't have a lot of information on COVID and pregnant mm-hmm. women, you know, at least they mm-hmm. didn't in the beginning. And so it's, I mean, and then there's the side effects of, I, I believe that the amount of anxiety <laughs> that this is causing, I totally believe that. Speaking of anxiety, how, how was it for you? I mean, I know I'm sure a lot of us dealt with that. Um, you know, I, I, I just think back of all the anxiety I experienced up until COVID because yeah. you know, I was a new mom and I had a miscarriage. So I was kind of worried about that. Right. Uh, you know, and then COVID hit and your anxiety just like goes to the roof. And I already thought I was maxed out. Right. Oh, uh, oh, of course. I mean, before you, I, before you get to the first appointment and hear the heartbeat, there's anxiety, right? And then there's, then there's, okay, well, I, I don't know about you, but I'm still dealing with feeling like I deserve good things. I don't know. I'm still, my, my life, you know, I'm still healing in a lot of ways. So it's like accepting that, yes, you can have a normal, healthy pregnancy. Yes, you're going to have, it's going to be okay. Because every time I would go to the doctor without COVID, I just was like, oh, okay, what's going to what have I done? Something's going to happen here. That's just, you know, it's not going to be right. And it's not, it's not intentionally thinking negatively. That's just anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. like something, something's gone wrong. And this definitely added a whole nother layer, but it also made me, I think, uh, toughen up in some ways. I don't mm-hmm. know how, if that's it's kind of harsh, but I think it made me gra- it grounded me in some ways. Actually, I think it just made me confront what was at hand instead of getting off track which I can do sometimes in my head yeah I think that's I think that's common for those of us who have some anxiety it's probably just common for new moms um but I also find that really common in the sober community you know as we're all learning to be sober and heal and in recovery um a lot of stuff comes up yeah and I think that going back to like my Kansas City group Mm-hmm. that's just what was so cool about that. I'm like, these women are sober and they're, we're all giving birth at the exact same time. That's, you know, and I get to meet with them face to face. It's pretty cool. 
And right now I'm having so so Noah is going to be four months on the 15th. And right now Mm. I'm having a lot of problems with sleep and I feel so lucky. He's been sleeping eight to 10 hours a night. And I know that that's, that's pretty good. But for the past five days to a week, he's been, I think they call it the four month regression. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's been waking up every hour and a half to two hours and I don't know, maybe some moms are like, oh, of course, this is what I expected to happen. I, I was surprised. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> like, what, what? what's going on? Oh, my gosh. So um, I'm going to talk to my pediatrician about sleep schedule and see see what's best. You know, I've done a lot of reading and everything, but I'm still a new mom, and I'm not afraid to be, to be like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what's best. Uh, you got to try new things, try, you know, Everyone has advice, right? Yeah. Everyone has advice, but I guess it's about figuring out what works best for you. Did you do a sleep schedule with um, with Rio? We did, yeah. So we, um, like, right after he turned four months, about four months and a week, we sleep trained him and we used, um, I forget, oh, we so we used Owlet's Dream Lab, um, okay. which like outlet is like, you know, one of the, like it's, they have the smart sock and a camera. Um, okay. you don't have to have either of those. And so what we did is that we just had the dream lab, which is like an online program with like videos and lessons on how to sleep train. And what I really liked about their system is that they guide you through, um, first of all, like different things that you should change in your house to help with sleep. And then they also guide you through like different methods. So they don't, tell you like this is the method that you have to use like they, you actually take a quiz and they help you like figure out which method is best for you um cool. and it actually went really well for us beforehand Rio was sleeping he definitely wasn't sleeping eight to ten hours he was sleeping like probably after around two months he was sleeping like five to seven which was okay. pretty good um I mean the first two months he slept like two hours one and a half hours increments which was torture right <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, you know, it was the same thing for us, like that four month sleep regression. He was still sleeping okay, but he was getting harder to put down. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was like one night shortly before we decided to sleep train where it took like three hours for him to fall asleep. And I just remember being so frustrated and lost because, you know, we did all the things. We rocked him, we walked with him, we burped him, we fed him. Yeah. Sang to him, like we did everything that we could think of that usually worked and it was just getting harder because, you know, the regression and he's mm-hmm. learning a new skill um in falling asleep, like, you know, as a as an older baby, I guess. Um and it was really frustrating. And I think, you know, definitely for us one of the harder things is that because I didn't have you know, a lot of support outside the house. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who to turn to, you know, like besides our pediatrician, like I yeah. didn't, you know, I didn't, unfortunately, I still actually don't know any like moms that I'm close to who had a baby the same age as, as Rio. Um, you know, I know a few people and I, I know, I definitely know a lot of people that have had babies this year, mm-hmm. but like, I don't, I don't, I don't have someone that is like my go-to for like the same age, yeah, I do have some friends that have older babies, which helps. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, it's a struggle, I think. Um, and yeah, so that was, oh God, I remember that being really, really tough. And then, um, but yeah, now, you know, it worked out and now he's sleeping fine. Um, it's funny because we like, I kind of feel bad saying this, but we sleep trained him. And then now we've kind of gone back and he sleeps really well. He sleeps like nine to 10 hours or no, 
nine to 11 hours. It's getting better actually. Wow. Um, right now, he just turned seven months. Yeah. So he's like close to 11 to 12 hours sometimes. Um, most nights. Uh, he still kind of has inconsistent naps, but we, you know, it's funny. We trained him to fall asleep on his own. And then like a month in, I just started like snuggling him more. So now he's like not really falling asleep on his own, but he still <laughs> sleeps really well. So I'm kind of right. like, eh, whatever. Like we're kind of doing like half sleep training, half just, you know, whatever works. But, but that feels good to you. That I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm no expert, but that, I'm sure that's that's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm trying not to stress it. And like, and that's, yeah. that's really where I'm going with this is like, you know, try not to stress it. Um, we did use like, not quite the like cry it out Ferber method, but it was mm-hmm. basically that because we were like, we basically, so what we did is that we actually, well, we did the sleep training. We decided to do the quickest method, um, which is a little bit more on like the letting baby cry side and but we like took off a week of work and just like did it (laughs) we were like this is we're committing to this like we're just gonna try it and it worked I mean he actually the longest it took him to fall asleep on any given day even in that first week was like 15 20 minutes wow Um, yeah so I feel like we really lucked out and he wasn't even like like there was no wailing you know it was it was very much like he'd cry and then we'd check on him and then you know he'd maybe cry a little more but yeah it worked out and but yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's there's so few resources because we can't just like, you know, go ha- like have brunch with a girlfriend and talk it out, right? Yeah. Like we have to like Google things and then basically wait for a pediatrician appointment to yep. come up. And I, it, it, even if you, you've got a friend who has a baby around your time, like I do, like um, mm-hmm. I've got a couple friends, but that doesn't mean their baby's going through what your baby is going through, which is what I'm experiencing. You know, like Mm -hmm. I've got one friend who's like, Oh, well, sorry, we're sleeping great. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know, it's like, so, but I don't know. It's definitely a challenge. So I don't know how you've done with guests at your house. Um, my sister saw my, uh, saw Noah for for the first time this past weekend, she got two COVID tests before coming. And, um, and then she, quarantined and then came down and I felt comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, if anyone holds the baby, I make them wear a mask normally. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, even then I, I, it's, I don't know, everyone is different about guests. I think, I think everyone has something that works for them. I know friends that only do the glass door visits. And I also, I know you live in Florida too, but yeah, everyone, everyone has their own, uh, has their own version of what's happening, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? So that's always a little disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. It's really tough in this state, I think, because, you know, our governor, I don't think has been really great about his COVID response and he hasn't really been espousing safety and science, which is, makes it hard. Like you, like you said, Um, you know, our visit policy, it's, it's similar, you know, we've, we just had, my husband's dad come down from Tampa and, you know, we had him wear a mask and stuff like that. My parents do come over, um, but, you know, they, they live like 10 minutes away and, and we basically kind of pod with them. And my right. mom actually comes for when I work because, I you know, I work like three days a week right now. And, you know, I kind of have to have her come over because, God, it's so much harder to try to work and have a baby at the same time than I ever thought it would be, you know? Yeah. 
they only let you have the small window and you've got deadlines or whatever. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. not, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of impossible. Yeah. So how was the postpartum period for you actually? So you said your mom came down and she was down for a couple of weeks. Yeah. She came down and um, it was such a help. It really was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was healing and I was, because of the blood loss, they were just like, um, you know, make sure you, it's hard when they say you need to rest a lot when you've got a brand new baby, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. So, so you, you make sure to take care of yourself, but also, you know, you're going to take care of this, uh, newborn mm-hmm. and it was just a big help having her here. A lot of it was cooking the meals and, mm-hmm. you know, and she's not like, I think sometimes people think help is hands-on with the baby, but a lot of, it's really not, you know, it's just a lot of the extra stuff Mm -hmm. and support. And I think also bonding, it's important. It was really just having that. I feel really lucky. I know a lot of people can't have their moms here, you know, through that. So I definitely feel lucky that we were able to make it work because she works from home and, Mm -hmm. and she was quarantining with my grandparents. So who are vulnerable and haven't, you know, been out. But yeah, and I was also really kind to myself because they were, I don't know, I have um, been recovering from eating disorders my whole life pretty much. So mm-hmm. in my pregnancy, I actually like, that was a big thing to overcome. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize like how much confronting weight gain was until I was pregnant. And um, I think it mentally got me to this new place of acceptance in a really healthy way. And so mm-hmm. coming out of it into the postpartum, you know, it was like really nurture yourself. You know, you just lost a lot of blood. You need to eat, you need to eat, like you need to eat to take care of yourself, to take care of the baby, to, to get your health back. You know, I think that was nice having the time of like of rest. And mm-hmm. I, I know this sounds impossible, but just being soft, being soft with me was really important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the the thing I keep hearing from, you know, a lot, a lot of other moms and a lot of advice givers right now for those of us who are having babies in this year is, you know, about being kind to ourselves and, and giving ourselves grace. And it's, it's sometimes easier said than done. Yeah. We'll admit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's great that you were able to get to a better place, even though it's obviously such a hard thing to go through right now. Yeah. What is that? What are they saying in the sober community? Twenty twenty is like two years, <laughs> two years sober. I, but I, everyone gets an award for being a mom in the, the pandemic, right? Just yeah, going oh going God. through this is just it is a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do need to be kind to ourselves. It's much easier said than done. Everything you've just said. Um, yeah, I, it's easy to get a, to want to get uh, further along than I am right now, but that's okay. I think that's normal. It's normal to have those feelings too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you know, I like had lost a lot of weight when I was younger and I've been kind of, you know, just dealing with like also not quite eating disorder feelings, but, you know, just kind of being overweight or not overweight really, but, um, you know, at a higher weight than I was before pregnancy and really telling myself pretty actively that, you know, it's okay. And it's, it's hard. It's harder some days than others. Yeah. But yeah. But also I'm like, I'm in a pandemic and I have a baby <laughs> and you know, I haven't left my house more than once a week for the past seven months. So I'm going to eat this ice cream and screw everyone else. Right. Yeah. I mean, 
Because you don't need to, I think, I, I, I need to keep exercise as a healthy thing. And I've really been doing a good job with that. Like, I feel like I, I do it for my mental health because mm-hmm. then I still eat kind of what I want. And old me would have been like, all right, you're working out. So you've got to make this whole thing. It's super perfect. You've got to be super strict. And and I just don't feel like that. It doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel right anymore. It doesn't feel right where I'm at. So it's like, you know, like tonight is our, today's our anniversary. So we um, had like this chicken and pasta and it was great. And normally I'd be like, oh, I don't know. It's like, no, just enjoy it. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a pandemic attitude too. Just enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) Just enjoy it. Come on. Enjoy yeah. what little we have, right? Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. happy anniversary, ho- by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It's our fourth. But I know the holidays are coming up too. We're kind of, I'm just, I'm just thinking about, you know, as a, a new mom, things coming up. It's like, mm. I know there's so many people in my family that want to see the baby, but over and over again, it's like just reinforcing boundaries. <laughs> Some people yeah. just keep, they, they, they aren't maybe on the same page as the pandemic as I am. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people genuinely forget. I don't know how, but they do. And I'm like, you know, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? What I'm like, well, I'm not coming over. I don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah. and that's hard because I think people still get their feelings hurt. And I don't know, just over and over again, as a new mom, we've got to be really good at, Nope, sorry. Can't do it. Can't do it. And I don't know. I don't know why it's a surprise, but it still is to some people. It is, but it's also like, um, I don't know if you feel this way, but I, I also feel like, you know, it's heartbreaking because you are kind of breaking their hearts, right? Like yeah. this family wants to see baby. And of course you want them to see the baby, but at the same time, um, you know, my husband and I talk about it a lot, but we, you know, we're, we're the primary family for each other now. Like, you know, me, him and the baby and, mm-hmm you know, of, of course, our, our families are still included in that. But at the same time, you know, our primary goal is to take care of the baby and ourselves and keeping, you know, the three of us safe and yeah. as happy as possible. And I think that's, I think that's tough because, you know, it's, it's not like we're saying to our, you know, outside families, you know, we're, we can't see you because we don't want to see you. That's not what we're saying at all. But, you know, I, I do think it's tough because everyone wants to meet the new baby mm-hmm. and you're, kind of having to set a lot of boundaries and I think yeah I I don't know if this happened to you but I am just now I think as someone in recovery I'm just now really learning boundaries and it's been like you know I've been in recovery for five years and I'm still (laughs) learning how to set good boundaries and I think with the baby it like is really reinforcing that um in a in a good way I think you know I've definitely learned better boundaries this year completely yeah I still get hot faced when I have to set a, a boundary at that's new. You know, I still mm-hmm. am like, all right, you know, like what's going to happen if I set this boundary? And, um, you know, that takes a lot of practice. Like exactly like mm-hmm. you said, the re- recovery has taught me how to do it, but just even more now being a mom, it's like, no, you really have to do this. <laughs> There's not, you, you can't really skirt around this. You really have to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, um, it's just a learning process. It's, you know, it, I was at, we, we took uh, Noah to the beach to new Smyrna beach. There was, we got you, we can park on the beach and there really wasn't anyone around, which was great. So we just for a first time thing, we wanted to take him out and it wasn't like a packed beach. My dad is from Tampa and you know, I okay. know clear, clear water. There's like, 
I know what goes on over there. It just seems mm-hmm. pretty, pretty packed and it just wasn't like that. So we felt comfortable and mm-hmm. I'm standing, I'm standing with Noah and looking at the waves and this woman is walking really far away and she starts walking towards me yeah. and she keeps walking towards me and I'm backing up and she's like, let me take a picture of you and the baby. Uh-huh. And I was like, and I just, it just was, I just had to back up and really was like, please, please, please step back. And that's something I don't think I would have done before. I don't know, but like, you just have to kind of be firm and just like, please, please step back. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that might not seem like a big deal, but in the moment, some, I, I get a lump in my throat and I'm like, I don't know what to say, but it, you know, yeah. I, when I was there, you just, you just have to, mm-hmm. I don't know. Some people, I guess it is because we live in Florida, but some people just don't, it's like they're living in another place. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like there's two worlds going on here, mm-hmm. like people who believe in the pandemic and people who don't. And I think we saw that in the election. <laughs> I mm-hmm. think, you know, I think that we saw how divided, I think 50% of the country doesn't believe in it. Yeah. I mean, I, I really struggle with that in terms of like, you know, people eating out and like, just like not knowing what the right answer is. Um, you know, you mentioned the holidays, like, you know, I, it's, my family, a lot of my family lives in Houston, so we won't be seeing them, but you know, my parents are nearby and we do see them already. But, you know, even thinking of something like, you know, my uncle visiting from Miami or my brother who lives close by too, but he works in a restaurant and, you know, we haven't seen him in a few months. And I'm kind of like, I mean, I don't really feel great about him coming right Right. for for Thanksgiving or, or for Christmas or whatever. And it's, it's just like having those conversations is so tough with people. Um, you know, because no matter no matter how safe, even if someone is being super safe, it's hard to control. You know where they've been, and you know even like their work environment, right? Like you know even right as safe as possible. He still works in a restaurant, right? And, you know he's out there with other people all the time, so it's kind of like well, you can't control that, and I think you, it's hard because you have to trust that other people know what they're doing, but everyone has a different version of it. (laughs) Everyone has a different version and that's so hard. And, you know, a lot of people have been like, well, we can wear masks and we'll stay socially. This is the, this is the dream, right? We'll, we'll be outside. We'll stay socially distant and we'll wear masks. And that's the, that's the idea. It's great. But also like, and we've kind of, we've done that before. And I think I start getting nervous when people they're not distant. They, they start getting too close to you. And I'm like, hold on mm-hmm. this because people forget that, you know, like they, mm-hmm. they, they forget what's going on and it's not six feet and that makes me uncomfortable. And then I, I have to be the one to be like, you know what? You need to step back. You need to step back. I don't know. It just like you, like we've said, everyone has a different version of what's safe, I guess. So as a mom, you've got to be like, well, I don't know. Is that a risk I want to take? It's, it's mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the thing I think about a lot is the risk of, you know, what's safe for us and the baby, of course, in terms of our health, but also, you know, like you were saying, what's also good for our mental health. And that's such a difficult puzzle, because, you know, there is no right or wrong. Um, Well, there's some wrong, of course. Right, right. Um, But it's tough. Uh, You know, like, I've I've had a few get togethers recently with friends outside and social Uh distance you know, just like having breakfast or whatever. And it's, and I do always like feel guilty and weird um, even meeting up as safely as possible because it's like, well, you know, like as I reach for like a fork, am I getting too close? You know, that, that yeah. kind of thing. And it's, yeah. it's tough to kind of calculate. Um, 
Yeah. But yeah. I mean, the holidays are, I think are going to be hard for a lot of us, especially a lot of us with new babies. Right. Cause we want to do all the, all the fun things. And like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm not, a, I'm personally not a big like Santa person, but just the fact that we don't have the option to go somewhere and take a cute Santa photo with the baby, you know, like it's, yeah. it's sad, right? Of course. I like that you said that you're not quite a Santa person because I feel the same way, but I still like, I want my, but I want that photo. Right. <laughs> right. I might not be huge into that, but I also thought I wasn't a baby talker. And as a first time mom, that went away real fast. <laughs> it was like almost immediately, but yeah, of course it's normal to want all those things. I think that means we're good moms, you know, and mm-hmm. We, we want all those things. I mean, you're still a good mom if you don't, but I think yeah, we have decision, decision fatigue. There's so much, yes. mm-hmm. there's just too, a lot of choices to make that mm-hmm. you, uh, aside from being a regular new mom, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot to navigate. Right. Yeah, right. we've done outdoor stuff too, going back to that. And that's, mm-hmm. th- I was just expressing my feelings as I'm all, my guards just on all the time. It's never a fun, fun time. It's not like, ha ha ha. We're just having this wonderful time outside. It's like, okay. All right. Are we too, are we too close? What, what's going on? You know? And, um, it's stressful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was somewhere with, um, actually my doula, I met up with her, um, outside at at like a restaurant. Yeah. That was thankfully pretty socially distanced. That was nice. And, you know, I went indoors to use the bathroom and, even that, I was like, am I like, what am I breathing right now? You know, I mean, I was right. asking everything, but, um, but it was, it was, yeah, it was, it's always just stressful. Like you said, it's, it's a lot of decision fatigue and it's a lot of, you know, I, di- I didn't even think about it until you said it, but we're making so many choices now as new moms, like you said, like sleep training and, you know, where do I put the baby to sleep? Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, what kind of diapers to buy? Like even like silly little things like that. Yeah. And there's like, it feels like we're making a million decisions as new moms and new parents in general, of course. Um, and then we're also making all these decisions as just like humans living in a pandemic and also new parents with a baby to take care of living in a pandemic. And it's just like so exhausting sometimes. It is. And I think there's this, for me, there's this kind of low vibration of guilt all the time because Mm -hmm. of that. Not even, I'm not even conscious of that. I do a lot of affirmations, a lot of self-love meditations. I really work on myself, but even still there's Mm -hmm. like, am I doing enough to take care of this baby? I know I am, but still Mm -hmm. it's, it's there, you know, it's there, that feeling of like dread (laughs) of, of what, Oh God, what what would happen? You know, if if Mm -hmm. something happened and I think that's normal too. Yeah, it's just the pandemic kind of adds an extra layer to the new mom guilt. <laughs> yes. Right? Because um, yes. I think it is normal for a lot of us to feel that, like, am I doing enough for my baby? And then the pandemic just adds so much to that because yeah. of all the safety concerns and, and everything. So um, so talk to me a little bit. I mean, you've mentioned, obviously, your AA group, which is fantastic. Um, but what other kinds of self-care and, and exercise you obviously mentioned again, but um, what else do you do for self-care right now as a new mom and as a new mom in a pandemic? I know this sounds simple, but I just finished uh, my lavender tea <laughs> and it, I just always make a cup of tea at night, even mm-hmm. in a, just something simple. I used to have these really elaborate self-care routines in early mm-hmm. sobriety that really helped me feel good. And that's just not, mm-hmm 
it's not quite the same anymore. I mean, um, you just don't have time for this. They just looks different. It, it really mm-hmm. just looks different. Self-care now is getting on the phone with somebody and crying <laughs> and just being like honest, you know, with a friend. I, I really, um, because I, I think I can get really lonely and mm-hmm. I think that's the most, that's something I think is that really, really means something to me. And then there are other self-care things. I think I still make, sometimes I just put makeup on. I don't know why. <laughs> so it really is as simple as that. It makes me feel good. I'm not going anywhere, you know, but I, I, I don't wear makeup a lot and that's, mm-hmm. uh, but if I do, it just makes me feel like, I guess like I have somewhere to go. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Or I get dressed. I put, uh, I put on a sweater or something. (laughs) I I think I wore the same dress at the end of pregnancy pretty much like every day. I wore this one dress every day. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I wore my pregnancy clothes for a long time coming out of postpartum. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Same here. Um, I definitely remember wearing that one dress. It was the same <laughs> thing. It was just like, yeah, nothing else fits or is tapped out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm still, I mean, you know, seven plus months since having the baby, I'm still wearing like the same home outfit, I guess. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere and I'm, and I'm still breastfeeding a little bit. Um, like he mostly does formula, but you know, I'm like literally in like a breastfeeding tamp- tank top and shorts every day, but I, oh, yeah. I did get some cute new dresses, um, recently on like, I don't know, like Amazon, like for 20 bucks or something. Right. And you know, they were in a bigger size because I'm not quite where I was before, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like literally put throwing on one of those like very simple cotton dresses to go to the grocery store has felt so good. It's like stupid good, you know? Yes, I do know. I do yeah. know what you mean. This pandemic has really made us appreciate small things like that, you know, I think yeah. anyway. Yeah, no, that's really true. Um, you know, just as I think we're appreciating um, setting boundaries and certainly I think staying home and and having the baby has been so much more meaningful in a way because it's all happening right now during this crazy time, um, at least for me. And, but yeah, you're right. I mean, there are, there is that like small, that appreciation for small things. Like you said, just, you know, the simple act of putting on makeup, which, you know, I certainly used to do all the time when I worked outside the home and now I almost never put on makeup, but it's, it's nice. It is the little things for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. So on that note, I guess we'll wrap up, but I want to ask you one last question, which is what is keeping you sane right now? Which I think we have talked a little bit about, but um, you know, this can be a person, a routine, um, something you're doing, you know, if you want to reiterate anything in particular that you think is really helping, um, you know, to just keep you sane right now. Probably the having a daily routine, Mm. having a daily routine, I have a workout plan. I really love. I feel amazing after I do it, mm-hmm. and um, and it helps me get on a routine with Noah. And it's. Um, I hope our new sleep schedule will be on this routine <laughs> <laughs> at some point. But yeah, I think just a routine mm-hmm. for my brain is 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 what is keeping me sane in a pandemic. That's great. So anything else you want to add for like new moms? Um, 
you know, any piece of advice or anything that you've learned that you think is, is valuable to those who are still pretty new or maybe even pregnant right now? Well, especially for new pregnant moms who have maybe this is their first kid. Once the baby comes, no matter what's going on, I feel like it's all worth it. <laughs> I know that sounds really simple, but it's, all this is worth it. All the anxiety, all everything, it's, it's, it is worth it. it mm. Once, yeah. It's hard to see that when you're pregnant, you know? Yeah. It's hard to see what it's going to look like, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think right now it's, it's hard to imagine what it'll look like, right? Because it's par- partially because of the pandemic. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's that's definitely a good thing to keep in mind is that they, they do make our lives brighter. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. Well, thank you so much for having me. love connecting with fellow sober moms. It was super amazing to hear Jackie's story and how she has found comfort in that women's AA group, even though it's pretty far away from where she lives in Orlando. But just having some close friends that you can depend on for both sobriety and recovery issues, as well as new mom stuff is really great. Um, Also, to be honest, I found it super charming that crying is one of her self-care. I definitely can relate. I think a lot of us are crying and sad a lot more these days but it's also a really good release um, for all of these stressful times and you know at the end of the day her message of resilience and how much she loves her son and her husband is really sweet and I hope you got a lot out of this conversation because I certainly did if you want to follow Jackie and see adorable pictures of her baby boy as well as her work you can do that by following her on Instagram at Jackie.Hathaway And there will be a link in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. As always, remember, you're not alone. Tune in next week for another honest conversation about the challenges and joys of being a pandemic mama. In the meantime, feel free to email me with your pandemic parenting questions at pandemicmamapod at gmail.com. Plus, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at pandemicmamapod for more updates. Also, I would really appreciate your ratings and reviews. As a new podcast, this is one of the best ways to get the word out about these stories. So please scroll down in your favorite podcast app, rate us five stars, and share a comment. Thank you. Pandemic Mama is produced and hosted by me, Irina Gonzalez, with art by Chaotic Coco, music by FM underscore free music on SoundCloud, and editing by the best of husbands and best of men. I'll talk to you soon. Stay sane and stay safe.